Welcome back. It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. I am Aaron Smith, joined by Jeff Howell. Our, our self-proclaimed best producer in the city is out sick today. Um, apparently that scared the one viewer that we had on for two seconds off. um but it is another episode of pardon the punctuation and uh you have a personal announcement yeah yeah just uh some thing some restructuring of the uh of of uh work um so i will be uh kind of in and out as to my availability on the show um probably for like the next month i won't be here uh, and then hopefully after that, uh, it we'll roll back into uh, some normalcy. Uh, but we'll make things work. We'll, you know, I'm not gonna. I'll also be on the on the twitters and saying, you know, having my opinions out there, and and then maybe I'll pop in on on some of the other uh, Bearcat Journal stuff here and there as as my schedule allows. So, all right. Well, uh, I'll make it work. It'll be fun. Your presence will be missed, but we uh, we're starting to try and figure out <laughs> trying trying to figure out how to uh, have some fill in help. Um, so I think we have somebody lined up for next week, and we will see um, as the weeks unfold what we're able to do in regards to bringing some people in to fill in your shoes. But your presence will be missed. Uh, I too have an announcement. I've been making the announcement on some of the different shows this week. Um, but baby Smith is on its way again. Gonna be a dad to a baby boy. There uh, you go. You uh, need a little balance like that, you know? Th- this one will be due um, also the end of July, early August. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Um, Rachel can't believe that she's three months pregnant with a six-month-old, but... That's where we are. Two two under two is really easy. We did it here. That's, yeah, that's what I hear. Everybody <laughs> speaks such great things about it, two under two. It was it was easy. You know, we <laughs> we we rocked it out. Like, I mean, you're gonna have almost two under one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, like, Irish twins hey. is that what they call right? I don't know. Not messing around. That's what they call that. <laughs> I, I so, think they call it messing around. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how this happened. Aaron's gonna Aaron's gonna have a, a a new segment called "Going Hard in the Paint." I'm gonna have a new segment of just about what I learned in parenting that day. Oh. New show, Daddy Daycare with Aaron Smith. Yeah, there's Jesus. gonna be like. They'd be like swinging from the lockers behind him. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They're they're gonna have their own podcast at like six because they'll yeah. both be six. Same right? Time. So... Oh my god! It's all right. Goodness. So, um, plenty. Of that's stuff... when Aaron knew that Aaron effed up. <laughs> <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong, man. Yeah. Uh, I made a Chappelle show reference to the nurses today and they just completely they didn't get it because they're like in their 20s. The 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 so Kelly's in a situation now where like 
she gets the head nurse every day. Like the charge nurse has to be, uh, you know, taking care of Kelly because Kelly is uh, a very volatile patient where uh, some days she's great and some days she's damn near dead. So, <laughs> so I was joking around with the charge nurse about like, you know, being the charge nurse and gave her the old like, I am the manager, yo. And she looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, never mind. It was a different time. It was a great time. I re- we used to like, we have, we'd have watch parties for Chappelle's yeah. show every week. It yeah. was that good. I will never, ever. It still like, is that good. Like just go back and put on a rerun. Like I still think the is. most shocking thing I've ever seen was, was season one, episode one was Clayton Bigsby. Yep. Pop copy. It was pop copy. Uh I think the uh the wrap it up, like the the Oscar thing, like the wrap it up button or whatever, and then the black white supremacist from the first episode. Didn't they was what episode did they have to live quali? I feel like that was that was early on. first season. I don't know if it yeah. was it was early, very early. It might have been that one. But it was one of those, like, I remember it was like me and like three of my closest friends and Kelly was there and a couple other people and it debuted and we all looked at each other at the end, like, what did we just watch? Like, we just watched maybe the greatest episode of television that's ever happened. It was, it was certainly something. I'm sorry to take off on this tangent, but like the nurse. Looked at me like, and I was like, "You, you've never watched Chappelle's show, have you?" Like, I'm rich, bitch. I'm like, "How have you never watched Chappelle's show?" <laughs> Anyhow, carry on. Yeah, I don't even know if it's still on Netflix. I think he had it removed. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, there were there were some sports played this weekend, and. Uh, the Bearcats also released a <laughs> released a, a schedule today. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure where Jeff has run off to, but sorry, there you are. slight emergency. Kids let the dog out, and she went nuts. And almost got All out right. of the backyard. So we're good. Um. Since our last show, though, Cincinnati played Houston, and they released a schedule today, and there was a playoff game on Sunday. Where do you want to start today? Um, let's let, we could start with with UC basketball and just kind of like get that out of the way. I mean, it's one game. Yeah, it was. I, I would classify it in the. I would almost put it in the in the same realm as the uh, as as the playoff game that we watched, uh, with kind of some themes of uh, just not being able to to close things out. Well, Cincinnati falls to Houston in the second game of the season, so they are done playing Houston. Thank goodness uh, they lose this one much closer than the first meeting, seventy five sixty nine. Uh, they did play in Houston this time around. Uh, Landers Nolly had himself. A game. He finished with 24 points, six rebounds, three assists. Um, what what was at halftime? 
the score as as Micah hits that three at halftime. And you're digesting what you just watched. They're up 43-36 to go up seven with that half-court buzzer beater. I mean, the first, the first half, you know, they're, they're shooting somewhere like, what, like 60-something percent from, like, from the field, like, almost as much. It felt like almost as high for, like, 59%, I think, from, from three. Um, and, and you're watching it and you're like, this, like, I mean, we were, we were obviously texting back and forth, um, in our gr- different groups as this game was going on. It was like, this is, this is kind of like old school UC basketball. Like they, mm-hmm. they seem to be like, like the intensity level was probably higher than I think I've seen it in, in quite some time well, uh, and- on both ends of the court. I want to go back real quick to the South Florida game where we talked about maybe that was the best half of basketball that Cincinnati's played in a very long time. And they followed that up in just a few short games with what I believe is their best half of basketball in a very long time. Yeah, it absolutely was. It was, uh, it it was, it just warmed my heart like everywhere. Like there are things we've talked about at the beginning of the season where like, uh, UC would make a big shot or there would be like a little, uh, a feeling of like a momentum shift, like towards UC and, and they would get caught up in themselves uh, a little bit coming down the court. Um, and, and then let things, you know, they, then they would give up like a, a, a fast break or a, you know, quick transition basket and all the momentum's gone. And, or they would, they would get a little bit of uh, momentum on their side, and then obviously basketball. We, everybody makes the, the comment that basketball is a game of runs, uh, and whoever they're playing would start on a run, and they would have no answer to to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they, it was like once they got punched in the mouth, they weren't able. There was no, uh, there there wouldn't there wouldn't be that either big block or stop or, or even like a, a well placed timeout. Uh, I, I thought there were a couple times in that first half, like where you know UC ran out. I think they, they were up like thirteen at one point, um, and then you know Houston would call a timeout and come out and put up like four or five, six points in a row. Uh, and I, the one time West, I, like I made a comment in our group, like I thought West did a good job uh, at one point when Houston was going on a run. Bam, timeout, and kind of slowed things back down regroup and UC went out and, and was able to kind of, I mean, they didn't really extend it past 13 up to, you know, like I thought there were a couple of times where they had the opportunity if they'd been able to continue doing what they were doing, obviously to like stretch the lead up into that, like 20 point kind of where like, if you can get up in that, that range, I, I feel like that's a good spot to be um, as far as like holding on, like, you know, you can, then you can start taking some big punches from them. You don't have to be nearly as uh, reliant on shooting the three. Um, and then when Houston came back towards the end of the half, it was that feeling of like, you've done all this work. You've had a lot of things go your way. And is this going to be a situation where we're only up by a bucket or we're down by a bucket going into the half? Like, is it, is this all going away? Um, 
Well, and bear in mind, Cincinnati had five guys who played over 30 minutes. Uh, Landers with 35, DeJulius with 37, uh, Micah with 34, Davenport with 31, and Vic with 32. Whereas Houston was able to spread the minutes around a little bit. They're a little deeper and just better as far as their depth goes as well. Oh, absolutely. Whereas, whereas Cincinnati's depth is pretty much limited to what Odie can give you defensively. Um, and then Dan and Josh each had five minutes. Finnessy had four minutes in his first action back from his injury. And Kalu had one solo minute. I mean, it was, um, you got 30, 30 out of Davenport. He's, you know, he gives you eight points. You get, so, so there's another. My point know. is just they, they were running tired by the end of the game. Oh, absolutely. Houston, Houston had the luxury of, you know, A, having a top 10 NBA draft player on their team in Jarris Walker. Dude, and also being guy. able, <laughs> right. Uh, but also being able to run more subs throughout the game. Uh, as Cincinnati was continuing to try and put their best foot forward. Yeah. So, so he it burn it all down, makes a comment. I actually haven't ever seen, I don't know if he's been around this person, burn it all down, if they've been around. Yeah, else, I've but, seen burn it all down before. But uh, he, he makes a very good point there. That the With Walker being a, look, we discussed this last week. We, we talked about it last week. Um, Chad said, as a matter of fact, um, even if you if you have a good defense, right? Like the old the old school thought in with UC was like the last five minutes, like they're not going to make a basket. We're going to get whatever we can, but we're not going to let them score at all. But if you and that's why they ran. Chad said that's why they ran in trouble in the tournament all the time was because they couldn't stop. An elite level score is going to be able to make baskets over an elite defender. Over he did. tight defense. He was getting whatever he wanted, wherever he wanted, within like 17 feet of the basket on backing anyone down and then turning, jumping off one foot, fading away, and, and draining the shot. Yeah, I mean, and they were like rainbow shots. Like, they yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. And it's one of those things, like, what are you going to do? And that's, burn it all down, continues saying... Like JD did way better than I thought he would playing D on him, and Walker just would not miss, and that's pretty accurate. I, I, I thought they played good defense on him. I really Davenport did. Like, included, makes, and, and yeah. Davenport usually doesn't play great defense, and he I thought he he looked good playing up on him. He matched up pretty well, but at some point you just can't stop a guy who can do it all, can hit threes, can shoot jumpers, can back you down. And can dunk it on you. I mean, it's insane. It was literally insane things he was able to do. And yeah, you knock it like you just got to shake your head. Like I mean, you you can't be mad about it. It's not like a it, it's not a lucky bounce. It's not a guy you know somehow getting seven dribbles and you know three quarters of the way up the court um, with like point two seconds to be able to beat you. Like this is a guy who just went absolutely nuclear and started hitting everything. Uh, and you can't be mad at it. I mean, I think, you see, you see what I mean. They, the second half, obviously, they weren't hitting a lot. It seemed like the there was a lid on the basket at some point. Um, especially but, for Davenport. Yeah, I, I, and really, he had I, great sock selection, but it was just in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. 
there I, I can't even i can't even tell you how many times like i looked at i was watching it with uh with my boys and like my oldest kind of made a comment about like how many times has the ball gone like oh it seemed like it was coming out of the bottom of the basket and then all of a sudden it was like bloop, like like a super mario sound needed to be played and the ball would like bounce back out and i, I don't know i mean it was it was a flash of kind of like okay like you you took a team like let's be honest the bearcats aren't an elite team this year no um and they went in and we've talked about how they've shown flashes of being able to hang and this is the longest period of time in a game that they were able to hang uh yep. it just like you said that you know they ran out of energy uh, yeah. I think at the end, and that's no fault of their own because the the level of intensity that they played with uh, to start with, I think they it just it started to catch up to them at the end. Chad, you seem like you have something to say since you popped in. Um, I, I just think like sometimes it's circumstantial. Like if you go back and watch that Houston Temple game, Houston didn't play like they played like crap. If they couldn't like they didn't make elite level shots to win that game as evidenced by the final shot. They got, they were down one. They threw a lob to the rim and Traymond Mark missed like a one footer uh, on a lob from the baseline out of bounds play to win the game. And against Cincinnati, they made all of the tough shots. Like it, none more than that. The banked in three, like how, how many times have we seen that where like, you feel like you're in a good position and the other team banks in a three at the end of the shot clock. And it's just like, it's such a, a deflating, uh, you know, turning point in the game. Um, but they took every punch. Houston threw haymakers after UC, after UC went on that, that 16 0 run and they led 19 to six. Um, Houston for the rest of the game, played at an elite level and the score was tied with you know 40 41 seconds left in the game like Cincinnati answered the bell yeah they they yeah. just they weren't they didn't have the horses yet or they didn't have somebody like that's the thing the difference for Houston Houston didn't have anybody unexpected play out of their mind they had NBA guys you know make make NBA guy plays like yeah well, and, and Cincinnati did everything they could to like hold them off and to 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 stomp out every run that Houston made. And those final eight minutes, Houston was just the better team. Like that, I, it's okay to say that. Yeah, I, we, we we spend too much time like talking about sports without just tipping your cap to saying, "Look, man, yep. for those last eight minutes, Houston was awesome." And yeah, specifically, we, Walker. I mean, I know everybody like is going to go to that, but like that's the best player on their team, I, and he plays I, like it. I, I tweeted it out. I know you tweeted it out. I saw it on on several other people saying that like, just the dude's an animal. I mean, like you, he's it's not even, and I can't. He, he seems like a likable guy too. He's not even somebody that like you can look at as like a villain. You know, no, he like, wasn't it, a punk. He wasn't. He wasn't right. You know, like, an ass. Whatever. Yeah. Like it just. It's impressive to see a guy be able like those those shots, like you say, like NBA. That, that's an NBA player on a college basketball floor, backing guys down and then hitting that 
little, uh, little spin, bounce off one leg, and he's you know flying backwards and still like just putting the prettiest touch on the ball to like Aaron said, rainbow shots that were just like bloop. no no rim on that nothing. I mean, it was ridiculous. We, we talk about Cincinnati being gassed in the first half. They shot seventeen to twenty eight for sixty almost sixty one percent. 8 of 12 from 3 for 67%. And the second half, 10 of 33 um, from the field at 30%. And 3 of 15 from 3 for 20%. Those are huge drop-offs. And yet they still managed to find their way in that game to the very end. Well, I think a lot of that goes to like what we talked about. I thought they, they played. They had a good game plan defensively. It just... Like Chad said last week, I mean, it was just kind of like, I mean, almost a little foreshadowing. Like, when you've got somebody that is that good offensively, they are going to make shots over over you, If even if you're playing good defense. Here's the thing, Jeff, that I think is important to note. They forced Houston to take the shots that Cincinnati wanted them to take. Absolutely. Like, that. that's – there's nothing you can do. If the game plan is – Against a Jairus Walker, a Jamal Shedd, or a, a, a Sasser, you know, Traymond Mark, Juwan Roberts, they got five guys on that team that can all be their leading scorer. Um, if you force them into the shots that you want them to take and they make those shots, I, like, you, you, have to, you have to give them something to take away everything else, right? Like, that Houston team has enough talent – that you're not just going to say, we're going to take away everything that they want to do. You can say, we're going to take away this. We're going to take away Walker getting to the rim. And we're going to take away Shed, you know, doing this certain thing. And, and they did a good job on Sasser. I thought they guarded Sasser really well. He struggled for most of that game. Yeah. Um, Traymond Mark didn't play well. Jerron Roberts was maybe the X factor for them. And that... Like they went at a mismatch a couple times with with Roberts, uh, where yeah. Jawan Roberts was able to get up. I think he had 15, 14, 14. 14. 14. Yep. Um, but they took shots that that Cincinnati wanted them to take in terms of their scheme defensively, and they executed, and Houston still hit the shot. And there's not a whole lot you can do in a basketball game. When you take away the things you want to take away, and you say if Jairus Walker's going to beat us taking step-back, one-footed, 17-footers over an extended hand. I can live with that. What are you going to do? What did you do? I, I can live with that. Like if, you, um, if you execute the game plan that you put in place, and it is not a failure on your end there. You, there weren't guys you, wide you, open. You cannot be mad. I mean, if you get beat, like you can be disappointed that you lost. That you right, weren't sure. able to close it out, that's fine. You can't be mad that you, I mean, for for the length of the game, you know, UC went out there, played tough. I mean, obviously, they, they it comes down, they have a six-point loss. It wasn't a six-point loss, obviously. It's a it's it a bucket. One-score game. Yeah, it's a bucket. And, you know, it just happened to go Houston's way. Does it go different if you're at home, maybe? I mean, like, I don't. I don't know. Maybe the crowd noise gets a little bit to UC towards the end. Like there's as long as there's not a snowstorm towards the end of it. Yeah. And, I mean, I think you're still going to pack the arena against the number two team in the country, three team in the country, hopefully. But 
Yeah, I mean, they, Houston's they did, just that good. They did all they could. Uh, some question or some comments here in the chat. I want to get to questions as well. You see, a super fan. You guys are being too nice. The reason we lost is the refs. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, Chad, do you have any news on Lander's knee outside of what uh, our no. injury our injury specialist Blake Basevich gave us last night on the BVP? No, we'll. we'll I, I, hopefully, we'll have a better feel for that tomorrow. Oh. I've been worrying about another person's health. So <laughs> I have not been as on top of uh, the stability of Landers Nolly's knees. Landers Nolly's knees. That's a Landers Nolly's knees. It's a little tongue twister. Um, maybe that's a, that's like a, it's either a podcast name or like the name of a band. I Landers like, Nolly's knees. I feel like <laughs> I, I wish that never has to escape KJ's mouth because I think he would struggle with that so bad. <laughs> Or maybe just maybe the name of the band is just Nolly's Knees. Yeah. Landers Nolly's Nolly's Lander Nolly Nolly Knees. Nolly's Knees. Go Bearcats. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. Like there it is. Nolly's Knees. If that's not the name of a band here in Cincinnati at some point in time soon, I'm going to be disappointed. Um. Are we all in agreement at this point? The only possible way to March Madness is via winning the conference tournament. I mean, if they win out, if you don't lose a game the rest of the regular season, you you might have a little bit of an interesting case. But the bubble's uh, never super strong, right? That's that's something we talk about every year. Everybody's like, this year the bubble is weak. No, every year. I mean, this year you might see, you also might see the entire Big Twelve make the tournament. So who knows? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I, w- I would be more so. To, I, I think is it most likely like, that they have to win the conference tournament? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing is, the thing is, the way that they, they played, the way that they just showed us that they could play yeah, against the Houston, execute that way. If they execute the same way, and Houston isn't able to hit those defended shots for a night. If that's who they're playing in the in the you know, at some point they're going to have to probably go through Houston. They're probably going to either be on that side of the bracket or on the Memphis side in the chain. Yeah. So if they're they're going to have to obviously beat some good teams, they're going to have to play very obviously probably mistake free throughout the the conference tournament to win that. Um, Is it possible? I think so. It, It my at the beginning of this season, I talked with like some people. I would consider this season a success at 20 plus wins. And I said that on, the, on this show at the start of the thing, like, would it be nice to go to the, the tournament? Yes. What, what this, where this program was, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, when we started talking, like there, there was very real fear that like March madness wasn't going to be a thing that was happening for a very long time. And I think that the program is like taking steps towards it very rapidly. Agreed. At least getting to the tournament. Agreed. Yeah. Um, did you think? What did you think about the uh, the goaltending call on Vic at the end there, Jeff? Terrible. I, I thought it. I thought it was a a pretty miserable call. Um, it, it's something where you're talking about looking at a 
a video angle that is not exactly over the top, right? So you can't ever be sure that what you're so they call they didn't they they called it good on the floor. And, and yeah. I didn't see anything that they showed anywhere where it was like absolute and that that right there end of the game. I agree, UCF super fan. If it does you take you it. five five minutes mm-hmm. to decide if it's goaltending or not, you leave the play as called. Uh, and it was. I, I think this should be. I think this should be a standard. That ball was never touching the rim again. It was okay. out. It yes. was. It was out. It was not it, touching it was two, the rim again. It, it was two thirds when he tipped it. It was two thirds out of the rim, not coming back that way at and all. Possibly more than that. I right. Mean, it was out. It was out. It was not in the. It, 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 that is a. That's a really tough way. To, to have to see a game like that. Because, I mean, it was a good game. That was a very good game to watch, and it was very unfortunate to see something like that truly be, uh, you know, what what caused the the game to be done. Be over. Right. I mean, like, at that point, you're looking at some crazy miracle to happen to win the game. I brought this this exact point that Burn It All Down brings up. Uh, if the best counts, West looks like a genius with saving that last timeout. In the last minute, things got a little out of hand. You could have reset your offense. West doesn't call the timeout. I'm under the assumption that he was saving the timeout for the end to make sure he had a timeout so he doesn't run into a situation again where he's calling he a timeout. Technical. Right. Um, do you think there, there's anything to that? Chad disagrees with me in that it's not that I disagree with you. I, I just think that he didn't call the timeout because they got the ball back in Dave's hands. Like you got the point I made was you got the reset that you wanted through the chaos. Things are chaotic. And then right. they got the ball back in Dave's hands and things were settled down. And the other point that I made Aaron was if you call a timeout, you allow Kelvin Sampson to set his defense. And, that's and he's the an excellent defense in the country for a an reason. excellent defensive like, coach. If you're coming out of a timeout, they're going to deny the shit out of Dave. Like, like I, I just, I, I didn't mind allowing play to continue once you got the ball back into Dave's hands. And I think they had like, like 25, 26 seconds. There was like nine or 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Like you have time when you got the ball back to your yeah. your main guy. I, I didn't think Dave handled it well because I think Houston defended him well. I just wanted them to and then play. He panicked. I like the way that West generally does a last minute where he tries to play for the last shot, and I don't think they were in the way that they ran that offense. They they weren't trying to play for the last shot. They were allowing Houston to play for the last shot. So uh, UCF super fan, no, absolutely fucking not. I will never tell him that because Vic can shoot the three. It is going to, at some point in his career, become part of his arsenal that makes him even more dangerous. Uh, so no, I would no, nope. If if you uh, have Paul, a guy who can hit from the three, you have Jarris Walker. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, Steve wants a uh, a chip in the ball and another on the rim so that we can tell. <laughs> Put chips everywhere. <laughs> Use all the chips. Oh man. Uh 
I don't know. Burn There's it all not... down did agree. He wants to clarify. He agreed with Wes's decision not to call it the timeout. Uh, there, there probably already is a chip. We just don't know about it yet until somebody slips up and accidentally yeah. tells the world that there's a chip in the ncaa tournament when the ball when the ball's like bouncing out and people they call it out of bounds on the line and they're like, yeah, <laughs> right, right, chip. like excuse me we don't we just don't use it because it's, it's only, we got it down to three and a half inches and still that's too far off to tell assholes God. they got it what's amazing to me though aaron is they've got the chip in the tennis ball which is significantly smaller than every other ball when, down to a millimeter yeah a millimeter. I, I know. There's the ten foil hat. Took it's, almost a half hour. It's down here. It's fine. We're not there yet. We haven't even started <laughs> on the Bengals. Oh, no, we'll get there. Um, I don't have any more really on on hoops. Uh, they do play. Um, the only thing I'll bring up, Jeff. Uh, they do play tomorrow. Uh, <clears throat> back at home, at seven. It is Student Appreciation and Equality and Inclusion Night. Um, they're playing Tulsa. Chad wanted to know on the nightcap, uh, so I've already answered this question there, but do you sit Landers Nolly in a game that you're favored 15 and a half points against Tulsa? I think it depends on, on Also, keep the... in mind you're, you're favored 15 and a half points because they probably expect Landers Nolly to play. Sure, which is about what he averages. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I, I think... I think that depends on, on his, on where he's at. I mean, we don't know where he's at. If it, if it was just a, you know, a, I, I didn't hear what Blake's thoughts were on it last night, but like, if it's just kind of a knee, like a knee bruise or whatever, I mean, he went back in the game. Obviously he probably wasn't a hundred percent going back in. Like I, who knows? Blake said, Blake said that when you have swelling like that on the knee on, you know, bone bruising like that, that, it's only going to be exacerbated by continuing to play. Yeah, so on if that you, I mean, if if you got to take him out, uh, if if he's like, look, I'm not, you know, they obviously I don't think any any athlete, any kid is going to be like, nope, I'm sitting. Um, so they're going to have to tell him that he's going to be sitting. Um, oh, Landers is I mean, a warrior. If he wants right. to play, he wants to play. Yeah. He's he wants right. to play. Right. So, um, I don't know. I. I at some point, you get, you do have to have somebody that looks out for the the betterment and well being of of these kids uh, going forward, and and what this could like if it's something where it can cause an issue further down the line because he's playing against Tulsa, um, then you got to tell him like you're not playing like you we're gonna get this back to a hundred. Take before. the night off, right? Like we're not. You know, there's no reason for you to ruin things down the line that you have going for you because you want to play against Tulsa. We get it. We we're excited that you aren't packing the bag in, but we're going to pack it for you and tell you you're sitting on the end of the bench tonight. Well, and after that, you have UCF and Tulane uh, in your next two games, which those aren't easy wins. Yeah, so, so, like, we we need you there, like. You, know, you maybe you tell him like okay you can put your uniform on and go through warm-ups and sit down there you know if, for whatever reason you know we need to get you in there then we will but if we don't need you then we're not gonna put a lot of minutes on yeah. your knees hopefully none i think i think it's a great time to get you know some of these young guys um and read and skilling some important minutes uh also if you're looking for kalu to get some minutes maybe you can get some run there tomorrow um and potentially 
even see a return of Hensley uh, if, if that's something they decide to do. He hasn't played in seven straight games. so I just don't think Landers has much impact on that either way because nobody that's impacting Hennessy's minutes is impacting Hennessey's. Landers' minutes. Hensley. <laughs> uh, no, and I don't. I don't think that Landers is impacting Hensley's minutes at all. It's just a matter of, yeah. If, if you're going to, if you're, if I mean, if, especially if you get a, a lead on these guys, and you're looking to try and see if you can start to build up some confidence, because we, what do we talk about with him all the time? Is his game is largely built on yeah. confidence. It's not that he doesn't have the skill. No, my point being, if we're talking about Landers sitting out, like. Fantasy impacts Landers yeah. sitting out because if you play, if you're able to play Rob more, then Dave doesn't have to to split time with Micah at point guard. He can strictly focus his time at the two, where then you know it trickles down on the on the wing perimeter spots. More like so I talked about this on the yeah. nightcap, right? Like if I think you look at between fantasy and like you brought up wisely skillings and reed who didn't play a lot versus houston if yeah. their minutes go back to normal and fantasy's minutes can come up to like 12 13 minutes then all of a sudden you've covered for the most part lander's minutes sure. um kalu and, and hensley are going to depend on do you want to just play Odie strictly at the four where you can play kalu at the five behind vic like, are we at the point where you're ready to? You've given. I just didn't get, know if you could. I just didn't know if you could potentially slide either JD down to the three, which I know no, he's at, he's out of position no, there. No, I get it. No, but if you get up no, big enough, no, or move Hensley no. into the three, which Hensley can really, play a little bit really, of the three. You're really going into the bag of tricks, Aaron. Yeah, yeah fine. <laughs> this is message fine. board. Like this is message board. Like conspiracy tinfoil hat like well if, if gary clark could play the three well gary clark didn't play a minute to, at the three his entire career at cincinnati so and that was literally it i know you weren't around yet that was a gary clark playing the three was something that was mentioned at least 20 times a week on bearcat journal for the entire four years that he was at uc and i don't think he played a minute at the three the entire four years until he got to the NBA. That I'm talking about his time at UC. <laughs> I don't give a shit about what happened in the NBA. <laughs> right? So, moving topics here. Uh, the schedule dropped for the football team today, Jeffrey. Yeah, it you, sure did. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. Uh, I'm excited but, about... Uh, oh, okay. So, you have the the nifty little graphic ready to go. Look at with you. our guy Malik Van flexing on him. You. Yep. Um, Coming back for his seventeenth so e year, EKU. That's a cool game, only because uh, that's where I started my collegiate life at. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like the pit game. I find it interesting that we are opening uh, our Big Twelve endeavors with Oklahoma at home. That's yeah, kind yeah. of a. I mean. Obviously, those tickets are probably going to be about $6 million a piece. So, hopefully, you have your season tickets already purchased. Um, Pretty yeah. much. No, I mean, I think it's an exciting slate. Like, we get Baylor here. 
Uh, we had UCF here and Kansas here. Yeah, and Iowa State. Did I say that one? Nope. Okay. Not so either. That, yeah. Uh, that's a you know, and then obviously we were where see we're away at BYU, Oklahoma State, uh, Houston, and then uh, West Virginia. That's uh, kind of cool. Oklahoma State has announced that it, that will be their homecoming game against us. Oh. Pokes. Um, yep. I, I want to go see a game there. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I, I that's one of the ones that is near the top of my list to go catch a game in Stillwater. Uh, maybe more basketball than football, but but I'd like to check out both. I, I hear I, that's I a look cool at, place. I look at this list, and I, I just don't see anywhere on here where you know, Chad Brendel doesn't want to go somewhere. Uh, to cover a game because it's not going into the middle of uh, BYU. Yeah, okay. I'm uh, good with you. Like, it, it's a beautiful place. I've driven through Utah a couple times. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Uh, but it, it's a beautiful place to drive through. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful on your way to Vegas or Los Angeles, <laughs> which is the two times I've driven through that state. Both uh, Pitt and West Virginia, only about two and a half hours from me here. Yeah, oh yeah. It's I. I just I'm just happy to look at a schedule like this and and not see like you know I, I look here and I don't see anybody. Greenville, Tulsa. Yeah, Navy. Like I don't see. I'm not. I'm excited Annapolis, to, Maryland, to never yeah. to never see a a full fledged triple option offense. I will tell. I like, like, but I'll tell you this. I I really liked Annapolis, Maryland. No, no uh, Tulsa pull. On here, yeah, no trips to Philly to play in a a, a seventy thousand seat stadium with twenty six people in it. <laughs> Dylan Dylan Gabriel, we get to play him again. That is that is an interesting one. Dylan Gabriel, if you don't remember, threw the legendary pick six to Sauce Gardner that started it all, and threw a interception to Cam Jeffries that was almost a pick six in kind of the game that, that swung the American Athletic Conference to Cincinnati. You think Dil- Dylan Gabriel feel, feels a little bit better about throwing that pick, though, now that Sauce is going to win everything? A unanimous defensive rookie of the year award? He probably feels a little better, yeah. Yeah. At the uh, time, that was a 160-pound rookie that nobody had heard of. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a it was some unknown unknown kid that just like right. snatched the ball and your soul and ran it <laughs> and ran it through the back of the, the nipper end zone there. Did you did I have I told you guys I called that? Yeah. I've heard that story. Right yeah. before the snap of the ball, I said sauce pick six. And then it snapped, and you can see me in the video. It, like I'm standing right next to the camera. Well, give it one a give it a fist pump. Like I nailed it, called it. I called it. Weren't you standing next to like Sosnan or something? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's you know, that's a, that's, that's an a good... awesome that, that's an awesome highlight. Like sometimes when I'm like just sitting around and I'm like, you're having a bad day. Yeah, you like, just watch Sauce you, take Dylan Gabriel to the house. Yeah, you're like, well, let, let's let's. Let's look at some at some UC highlights and like that's like one of the first one. That one um, I really enjoy watching. Uh, 
it's another sauce highlight, but the uh, the sack against in uh, against yeah, Houston and home, like, where he jumped where he out jumped of his like, skin. Yeah, where he jumps like forty feet in the air afterwards because uh, they weren't just a casual at him. jump too. They weren't th- they weren't throwing at him. So oh no, like, that, that was man, I just want to play. <laughs> that's not a casual jump. Like that was so adrenaline based. I don't think he had he knew he could jump that high. I think he was so like jacked up that he was trying to jump out of his skin. His skeleton oh, yeah. almost left his body. He was almost he was almost in the the second deck. Uh, <laughs> jumping out of there, so and it was. That is, I mean, that is, I, I don't know, like, in-game, like, of course Nippert has gotten crazy, like, at the, like, you know, storm the field, yeah. um, the big moments at the end of games. In the middle of a game, I don't think I've ever heard Nippert erupt like it erupted when Sauce took that ball to the house. Well, it was, it was a special, special moment in UC history. Yeah. The birth of... The birth of a legend. Yeah. And we didn't we we didn't even really know it. Brandon Sasna did. Brandon Sasna called that shit the first day, the first practice of higher. Oh, yeah. And he said, who the fuck is this? <laughs> like that's that's Ahmad Gardner. He's and he, he was just coming back from the Browns, where he had, you know, spent time in player personnel. Yeah. And he was like, What is this alien? that is out here right now playing defense. And Justin and I were like, come on, man. That's like, that kid's like the third highest rated cornerback on the roster. Like Jaquan Shepard was higher rated. Justin Harris was higher rated. We're like a stiff breeze could knock him over. And Brandon was like, no, like that's an NFL cornerback. And I brought Justin and I both looked at him like, you like, dude, the NFL got to your, your brain. Like you don't you don't know what you're talking about, and Brandon has reminded us every step of the way that you know <laughs> that he, that he knew it. Day one, camp higher ground. He pointed out Sauce Gardner and says, "That's the dude." Uh, the uh, going back to the schedule, like I, I just keep looking over at it, and like it's it's full of games against teams and that that are interesting. That and it's like you know, like every year leading up to this you you knew that like they were going to try to like you know maybe go schedule ohio state maybe they're going to go schedule oklahoma right. maybe like you're going to get this one game like notre dame like yeah. they were going to they were going to have like beginning of the season there, there might be two you know like we had obviously we had indiana then we had uh notre dame it was like get these two games like to kind of prove yourself whatever and i know that like in college football it's different obviously than it is like you're not getting like you know quad one wins and quad this, right. this and that and the other but like you had these games where it was like okay that's really cool and interesting like i can see myself you know really being involved in that game even if i'm not a bearcats fan right like if if the regular population is going to see those games but now it's like a whole schedule full of of games that are going to be like on not Destination ESPN games. 8, not ESPN 8 the Ocho and not on like you know Friday at at six o'clock. It's yeah, gonna... if, you, if you look at the schedule and you finish somewhere in the realm of seven and five or better, I view that as a massive success. Huge yeah. rolling, success. Like for your one. It, next year, brand new coach, brand new philosophies, brand new everything. Like People obviously people aren't gonna temper any expectations, which is fine. And I'm okay. I would rather be a part of a fan base that has expectations that are through the roof 
all the time. And I think we've talked about this on, on varying levels across different sports and things that are going on here in the city. But like, I would rather be a part of a fan base that has these like through the roof expectations um, and, and have to be told like, Hey, new coach, new philosophies, new players, new team, like new, it, it's going to take some, you know, some, maybe we've got to take some lumps. Um, but things are going to be all right here. There is a, there is a, a culture here that is, is one that I don't think is going to go away just because, uh, we have, you know, we will, you know, Luke Fickle left. So the opposite of the right Reds culture. Gotcha. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Chad, uh, Chad pointed out that, uh, the schedule makers were pretty nice in that they didn't include any of the top four teams from the big 12 last season. No Kansas state, no TCU, no Texas. And no Texas tech. No Texas tech. That's the one I couldn't remember. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a, I guess it's a you. volatile league. Like last year, Baylor and Oklahoma state were in the championship game. So it's a volatile league because everybody is, is really close. Like there's, especially when Oklahoma and Texas leave, there's not a, an alpha already established in this league. So it's going to be volatile. But if you told me, Jeff, that, okay, there's 13 p- potential opponents for Cincinnati. And you're going to play nine games, so there's four teams you're not going to play. If you'd have told me the top four teams from last year are not on the schedule, okay. By the way, you're only playing four of those uh, conference games on the road. On the road, right. You're yeah. five games at home, four on the road. I mean, it. it is... It's as beneficial as you could expect. Yeah, it's a schedule that is 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 very well set. And I I haven't looked at like UCF, uh, BYU, and Houston like to see what their schedules look like to see if they were also like. I don't want the only one that gets five home games. The only other one. So I don't know. Like, are they handling these new teams with kid gloves a little bit so that they don't? I I don't know. Um, But it's as far as far as UC goes. This is as, as good of a schedule as you could get and expect rolling into the Big Twelve. If they Completely don't do, agree. if they don't do nip at night for OU, that's a crime against humanity, actually, uh, which I believe makes it illegal in all fifty states. So, you know, Oklahoma is going to go kicking and screaming that there's no way that that's a night game. Okay. Sorry, I don't. I don't I don't think the conference cares what Oklahoma says right now. Uh, But ESPN does. Everyone in the conference had a fancy graphic, just like the one on the screen right now, to talk about the schedule, except for two teams that simply retweeted it. Those two teams were Texas and Oklahoma. Hey, big man. Big man. That's a real thing, Aaron? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's a real thing. Everybody tweeted out a hype, like hype for the, like, Kansas was, did you see the Kansas one? Kansas was awesome. I didn't. Kansas had like a six-year-old girl draw the logos for every team and then had the players guess what she was trying to draw. Like they handed them sheets of paper of her drawings and they had to guess what she was drawing for their uh, their opponent that week. It was funny. Awesome. It was really good. It was gonna really look, good. You're going to have to look that up. It was really good, Jeff. You'll enjoy it. And apparently UCF's mad that they keep getting 
put in alphabetical order as Central Florida. Central Florida, right. They want to be <laughs> under you. <and> that's <laughs> Stupid idiots. Literally. Oh, man. That's also a thing? God. Poor yeah. guys. All right. I don't have any more on Cincinnati Bearcats. So it's time to get to the playoff game, oh, the boys. Boy. <laughs> As I've had some time to sleep on this, and I don't think you guys are going to like where I where I come in. The I, Cincinnati Bengals lose lose to special referee Ron and his staff once again in the playoffs by three. Uh, Kansas City wins 23-20. Joe Burrow finishes 26-41, 238. No, I'm sorry, 270 yards. Uh, five sacks that knocked for 32 yards, knocked it down to 238 for the team. Um, only 71 rush yards in this one on 17 carries. P. Ryan with the only touchdown there. Uh, Joe did have one touchdown, two interceptions. That touchdown went to T. Higgins, who finished with six grabs, 83 yards. Jamar Chase, six catches, 75 yards. And after that, um, there's a whole lot of nothing uh sam hubbard had a fumble recovery again um yeah yeah but three didn't like three sacks for the defense mahomes just mahomes just lost the ball like good on sam to like recover it but yeah it was, that, it was that a... wasn't anything that cincinnati did to force that turnover mahomes just went to throw the ball and it came out of his hand well, that's yep. as opposed to, you know, when we hit him and it's the same uh, within six. You're going to be six, insufferable. Within six yards of their receiver. But when that, you know, same situation happens, when Cincinnati does it, it's intentional grounding, even though P. Ryan's, you know, there in the vicinity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start this off by saying this. Um. Uh, one, the Bengals lost, and we can't, like, there's no going back to fix or change that. Um, two, right. I thought the officiating was atrociously insufferable. Three, uh, the Bengals still, on top of all of that, had chances and opportunities and whatever other things you want to say to win the game. And, and they, they didn't. didn't do it. They didn't make the big plays, Jeff. Like, there was nothing. They had zero yards after the first quarter. Oh, yeah. That was really bad. Well, I but where I will give credit there, Jeff, for the defense to hold that game to six. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, it could have been, it could have been over. 14, 17. It could have been what, what Buffalo faced when Cincinnati raced out on them. And put them in a 17 3 or something, whatever it was. Like it, it could have been that. And there were a lot instead, of that... the defense did a great job. Luana Rumo, Ben, but don't break, like hold them in the red zone, stop them inside the 10, force field goals. They did a great job at that. But which, by the way, place, Jeff, I did love that there were two head coach vacancies filled today that did not include Luana Rumo or, uh, Callahan, Brian. Brian Callahan. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I guess you say that and correct that they didn't make the plays. 
But when you have the block in the back on the punt return on the second to last play, sure. And then, well, and then you have the 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 hit on Mahomes was a good call. I'm not mad about the hit on Mahomes. What I'm mad about right is call. what I'm mad about is that the same thing happened down on the other side of the field as Cincinnati's marching towards the end zone. Joe Mixon gets blasted out of bounds. But they scored on the next play. It was a more egregious call. It's just the fact that it's not called the same. But they scored. On did the they? Next play. Did they? Did they score on the next? I thought uh, that was P Ryan. The uh, next play or the second next play. That was P Ryan where they ruled he wasn't in, and then they reviewed it, and he was in. Okay. Here's what I will say, Aaron, in in the officiating side of things. When you have two teams that are that close, and right now there is zero denying that Kansas City and Cincinnati are the margin between the quality of those teams, you can't fit a piece of paper in there. Like they are well, identically awesome. And everyone knows it. it the viewership topped out at 60 million. And Which is it, insane. It That's averaged- a Super Bowl number. It averaged fifty-three million throughout the broadcast. That's a Super Bowl number. That was, game was bananas. watched like the Super Bowl, but it wasn't broadcast the same way that the Super Bowl is. Correct around the world. If you broadcast it was watched that game, like the Super Bowl, if you broadcast that game the way that the Super Bowl is broadcasted, you will hit that number. I think it's foolish that they aren't making the these championships, especially when you have these caliber teams. But they didn't do it with break. Like this is Burrow Mahomes is and will be Brady Manning of this generation. They're going to they're going to play every year in the regular season. They're going to play most years in the playoffs. Like they are going to they elevate their teams to a level that's so high that you're going to see them against each other all of the time. Burn it all down, and you you say that you were you find it hard to believe that Chase Higgins, Boyd, and Hurst couldn't all couldn't get open. Um, so here's here's what happened: was Boyd got injured, and he didn't yeah, play yeah. Uh, most of the. Uh, and he was injured? the one. No, he, he made two out. catches in the yeah. in the second quarter, two and then was catches. Yeah, and then two, was out. I mean, and then I, when he landed on the second catch, he kind of like grabbed that uh, at the back of his leg. I don't know what the injury ended up being like classified as, but like. He did something to his to his Huge legs, uh, and that like I don't think, and I've said this in our groups, like I, I don't right. think that people really were. I know that the the spotlight has been on several very obvious no calls, um, whatever, but I don't think there's been enough. There was enough like talk about the fact that with Boyd was the Boyd, mismatch. Boyd was clearly Boyd, the mismatch they had identified. Mm-hmm as they designed their defense against Chase and Higgins. And then without Boyd, that just allowed them to, to elevate they, they what double they teamed, were doing on Chase and Higgins. Yeah, they double-teamed Chase and Higgins the rest of the night. Uh, they had one guy on Trent Irwin when he was in, and they have one guy on Hurst. And Hurst, remember, it was on the injury report this week as well. And so he's battling through some stuff. So it wasn't really – you weren't getting the best of what you had on paper – to yeah, start the game. Fair. Yeah. And, and then I think, I mean, the other thing is like, obviously, and, and we've talked about it before, but like, you know, the, the offensive line had, had some, they had a, a, a lot a of, things to, over, a lot of things to overcome and there to was have no a running game. Day, 
They could, there was neither no team, running game. Neither team could run the ball. When Joe Burrow has a 14-yard run at the end of the game, and that is the yeah. longest run that either team has, has put together to start, like, that's not good. I also think, Jeff, both teams just said, fuck it. <laughs> Joe's You're our right. best player for the Bengals. Pat's our best player for the Chiefs. We're not, like, running the ball. Eh, screw that. We'll throw some swing passes and some screens and some underneath stuff, and we'll try to get the run game that way. But we're letting Joe and Pat, like, this was this was mano-a-mano. And I, I know this town isn't going to like it. Joe was, Pat was better. Joe was oh, good. He was he not did. great. Patrick my, Mahomes was better. My my wife made a comment like partway through the, I guess it was like right at the end of the first quarter. Obviously, that, that didn't go well at all for the Bengals uh, yeah. offensively. Um, and she just made a comment that that Joe, like she said, this is the first time I've seen him where he just doesn't look like he doesn't have that look in his eye. He was like, it just kind of looks a bit off. Like, I don't know if he's like maybe under the weather. Obviously, that would never like they'll never say anything about that if he was. Like, she was like, something just looks a bit off. And he did seem, it seemed like he was a bit confused on on some on some of the plays. A lot of the plays, he just didn't well, look like he had that like that quick read, the like look to see where he wanted to put the ball and like put it right there. It just seemed a I bit think off. Spagnola did a good job confusing him. I yeah. read somewhere that uh, they moved Chris Jones around throughout the game, and yeah. they didn't. They did not do that on purpose, in preparation for a matchup against the Bengals. They did not move Chris Long around on purpose. Um, Chris Jones. Jones, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but he's the, been moved in the first around. In, he's been moved around in other games, though. Like... Not in the game that they played against them earlier in the season, though. They yeah, kept him in like... one spot. And I don't, but I don't know that that right there is like, I don't think that, that to me, like where Chris Jones is at, I don't think necessarily had the same, like, I I think he did more in the secondary with the way that they were bracketing and the way that they were covering guys and kind of disguising that coverage more so than like where, where Chris Jones is moving along the line, I think had obviously more of an effect on a on this backup offensive line of being able to right, understand but- where he's at. I will say there was the the play where he came off the edge and just totally annihilated Adenogy. I I was very confused why in that moment towards the end of the game why you didn't have P Ryan in the backfield or maybe chip uh, or like Hurst or somebody to chip because it he he ran right by him he pushed him ran right by him and then you know but here's what it felt like jeff here's what it felt like it felt like they were like strategically like taking turns at who he would pick on sometimes it was a denigay sometimes it was sharping sometimes it was carmen sometimes it was volson like so each one of those guys I, i i can't imagine like the level of shit your pants when like you haven't seen this guy for like you know 18 snaps and then you you're getting down in your stance and all of a sudden there he is standing over you like Freddy Krueger like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. th- that's where i think the chiefs were masterful is that they were doing it so selectively and strategically okay we've given this this new guy this backup the same look for like like you know the last two series and now on second and seven, 
all of a sudden he's got Chris Jones standing over the top of him for the first time in, in 15 snaps. Yeah. And, and now Joe has to get into like, Oh shit. Right. Like, is my protection he, right? Am I sliding I right? Saying, like, I think they confused the shit out of him with their usage of him. I don't think there yeah. was a ton of confusion in the secondary. I think it was from everything that I've seen as far as replays go, and I haven't broken down film or anything, so don't get me wrong, but it was just pretty much straight up. Double-team Chase with the safety over top of him, double-team Higgins with the safety over top of him, and let whoever you have out there run with and he he uh, didn't Irwin and, and, and Hurst still didn't have like I mean he just didn't he didn't have a whole lot of time back there the well, uh, the one the one on he did have the one he did have to to chase hit him in the head chase yeah. got open on double coverage and it, he lost it in the lights or lost his footing I, well, or whatever I think the case he, may be. I think he lost his footing a bit and I think he thought that ball was going to be a bit more outside than it was. Yeah. It was a little um, inside still. That's why it hit him in the head. Right, right over a defender. Like, it was a when, dime when he in broke, terms of getting it yep. over the, the defender. Where it needed it was like right there and like but and I know we could uh, we go back and forth on all this kind of thing, but sure. you get to the to the end of the game and the ball, you know, your defense does what they have to do. They give a little bit and then they stop them and it's cold and you get the punt. And you get it, and you're like, "Hey, the ball is in Joe Burrow's hands." With like, if you told me Joe Burrow is going to have the ball, we're going to have possession of the ball. It's going to be a tie game. There's going to be roughly two minutes left. I would have taken it all day because ninety-five I yards. I, 90, I, I would have believed that. I would believe all day that Joe can move the ball far enough for a field goal to win the game in two minutes. And and it didn't happen. And then when you punt the ball, and you've got a punter who I have made this comment since he has been started over as the the Man. punter for the team, Man. is Drew Chrisman hits line drives. He he does not have like for whatever reason his punts are you know, heat seeking missiles. There's not yeah. a whole lot of time, but. He typically, he typically combats that by kicking the ball to the sideline, not directly and, to the player, right? and it and it hits the sideline and, and and shoots out of bounds or tumbles down next to the and so you you give your your guys going downfield the ability to already cut off the other the other you know half of the field. Uh, he didn't. He hit a line drive that went screaming down the middle of the field um, and and gave the Chiefs the opportunity to have three blocks in the back to, to have some blocks in the back and not have them called <laughs> and, and have the longest punt return of the season for them and, and then obviously you know you're thinking okay well they have no timeouts like let's get this like let's let's get some stops here and get this to overtime um you know, the the Chiefs offensive line got away with, you know, putting their hands inside of Hendrickson's uh I think they were trying to help him unbuckle his uh shoulder pads on every play. Um, every play. and it and it wasn't being called. And I know like people on that play, I think it was BJ Hill maybe had like he was appeared to have been being held, but Joe Goodberry has has uh, championed the 
it is in the NFL rule book that if you use a rip maneuver, um, that the offensive lineman is not going to be flagged for holding uh, in a situation like that. If you your rip maneuver puts them into a holding position, which it's in the rule book, there it must be there for a reason. I don't understand it. Holding is holding. Um, if you get beat by a move and you and the only way that you can combat it is to hold, like that's holding, right? But it's in the rule book for a reason. So like uh, I'm not an expert on that. Um, but I thought that that's not even the where I was looking. I was looking at the the left tackle who literally his hand is inside Hendrickson's shoulder pads. And he's got, and they were there's several plays uh, during the game where like it looked like they were doing the mighty ducks, you know, like the stick gloves jersey, like pulling Hendrickson's jersey up over the top of his head. I mean, it was crazy. There was I saw I saw a still where uh, Chris Jones had illegal hands to the face on um, on one of the offensive linemen as well. So I mean, it, it wasn't even happening necessarily just on one side of the ball. Like I'm sure I'm sure that there are uh, you know. Spots where the Bengals got away with. It's just when you see another. When you, when like, you see like nine penalties in the in, I think it was one quarter. I don't even know if it was the fourth that. quarter. I don't think the Chiefs got called for a single penalty in the fourth. Exactly. Um, it just feels weird. And well, and you've got that, but then you've got the third down redo, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've where you got it. Where you got the so, first down on fifth down. So they throw they throw the incompletion, right? It's like a swing pass. It hits the ground. Incomplete pass. I looked uh, over, like, we were watching the game, and I'm like, because the, the official says uh, the game clock and the uh, play clock, play clock start will whistle. start on my, on my motion whistle. or whatever. Whistle. And I, I looked over at my butt. I'm like, why, why is the game clock going to start? It was so that's what pass. caused it, right? right? So an official all the way on the back side noticed that the play clock started when it shouldn't have, or the game clock started when it shouldn't have, and blew the play dead. That's what like, happened. It was thing a screw-up like, from, the, from the lead official that one of his other guys came in and stopped. It, and nobody... I have a question, though. I have a question. I have a real question on this, Jeff. Yeah. But, I'll let you finish up, and then I'll, no, I'll like, make my point. So my my thing is, nobody on the field knew that the game was stopped, knew that the play was stopped. Nobody did. Nobody. No, everybody did because the game clock was stopped while the play clock was running, and then the lead official comes in and resets it to ten, and then starts the game clock for no reason. No, no, no. What I'm saying is. So when he started the clocks, yeah, and then the play, you know, they they say the official like when they zoomed all the way out, you can see like an official way down the field, like running, up, yeah. But he's not like blowing his whistle crazy and waving his arms all nuts. Um, I, I, the, that's where that's where my conspiracy theory kind of comes in. Like he's so, not do he's not doing that. And then my thing is the play goes off. Both teams are are clearly playing. Right, like nobody stood up and was looking around. Like everybody was playing. To me, why? Okay, because uh, what was it? A uh, incomplete, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was going to be fourth down and whatever they were going to pump. It was a sack. Oh, it was the sack. You're right. It was the sack. 
No, 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 no. The sack came after that. I'm talking okay. about the play that they, like, it was okay. 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. But they don't get it. They don't get it, and they're going to punt. Like, it's like fourth and three or something. They're going to punt. They're coming out. And then they decide, you know, the, the official's like, no, we screwed up. Like, we're going to have to redo this. And so they then they, like, redo it, and then it's a sack. But then they then they, they throw the flag Apple on the Eli holding. Apple yeah, for holding down the field. Here's my question, Jeff. Which wasn't a good call either. Right. Here's my question, Jeff. They claimed that nobody heard the official blowing his whistle coming from the backside to stop the play before the snap. Because he didn't blow his whistle. Aaron, that's a game in Arrowhead on a Kansas City third down. The crowd is not losing its fucking mind. Yeah. In that place. Name one home stadium where so the crowd loud. is so stupid that they drowned out all sounds on their own team's on a critical big third, down third down in the fourth quarter. That never happens anywhere. The guy did not blow his whistle. He did not blow his whistle because if he blew his whistle, exactly what Jeff said, everybody would have stopped playing well and romo said they couldn't hear it up in the booth nance said they couldn't hear it's a lie it's a lie never got blown because the whistle wasn't blown that's why they couldn't hear it it wasn't because it was so loud at arrowhead on third on a chief's third and four or whatever it was in the fourth quarter of the afc championship game with a let's let's be honest kansas city has played a lot of meaningful games in Burrowhead Stadium. Fans are dumb, but they're not that dumb. They know not to be losing their shit at 124 decibels on their own third down in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. The whistle never blew. It yeah, never it was, blew. It never that, blew. Like if you wanna if you wanna act like okay, and I've also not seen so many people with a platform like a following that ESPN platform that aren't that aren't like Bengals homers they're not you know just people like Richard Sherman like this is the worst officiating game and and all people being paid by the NFL are saying your officiating was terrible I mean it it is insanity how bad it was but even well, but the, even like, over here's the thing, yes, the Bengals should have overcome it. But where it gets down to the brass tacks is these are two teams with a razor thin margin, for error, like margin, yeah. like not even margin, like they are razor. How good both of these teams are is so elite that something, one minor thing that's done wrong can swing. Who wins the game? And there were five, six. It just it seven. taints the game, right? Like, right. Well, right. and then you have like the the replay. I think I think actually you have tweeted it out, Chad, because I think there had been some some goofballs that have said like, oh, it's not that big a deal. But like the play where, and I know that the Bengals ended up. I think like it was like third and sixteen next, and they ended up getting yeah, it. But they like, got the first down, yeah. But but when Burrow throws a ball 
and is able to throw it and then kind of do that like bounce that quarterbacks do after they throw a ball and they're like watching to see where it goes. And then the line, there's a big hole in the line. And after he has thrown the ball and his hands are essentially back down to his side, then you see it, the Chiefs three player steps. come there were through the steps. middle, take three or four steps, and then drill him with his shoulder. And there's no the flag. Forearm, but yeah. Like the forearm, but yeah. I just it takes away from the game when you have just shitty refing and you want the game to be played as close to right as you can and this is the they, thing, Aaron. If you just let these two teams play, it's going to be decided on the final play. So just let them play. Like call the shit that's supposed to be called. Don't call bullshit. And and, and just let them play. Yeah. And, and, and like I had somebody today that's like the refs, like, oh, the refs, the professional officials. Well, yeah, guess what? There were what three times in that game that they went to review and the officials were wrong. Yeah. They don't uh, get it right all the time. Well, but you and, have to get it right in this scenario. You have to get it right in this setting. These are two of the three best teams. These two teams were better than the 49ers. It's uh, Eagles, Bengals, Chiefs. Allow the guys on the field to win the game or lose the game. Like, Jeff, did you see uh, did you see Gene? Did you see Gene Steratore say that they the NFL botched it too? Like for Gene, who is always the the NFL got it right. For him, for him to say that they got it wrong, that's that's crazy. I mean, I think I think Daniel makes a good point. Daniel, the refs have been a disaster all season. They, I mean, it has been progressively worse, and I feel like it's been that way across like sports. And yet, I I, you're you're, you're muted. You're muted, Chad. I'm not Aaron and putting the tinfoil hat on that there was like Great. a hit. In. I, yeah, I don't think that. I don't think. I don't think we're going that direction of like the the NFL called down and said you need to, like this isn't like right. the B dubs the B dubs like right. make this overtime game so we can sell more wings kind of thing like. But these officials fucked up enough that the impact was was drastic in determining who won it, the game. It should never be a situation like this was a great football game. It was a good football game between the like two the two teams that everybody kind of thought were going to end up. Well, we thought since I was going to a lot of people thought Buffalo, everybody but like Buffalo, right? whatever. Like these these are two good teams playing football. Um, you know, nobody lucked into the the AFC Championship game. These were two right. teams that deserved to be there, and they were you know, maybe they didn't play their best because they had you know at the end of the season you're going to have injuries across both teams and whatnot. So it maybe it wasn't the cleanest, but if you have, like you said, like when you get to the point where you can look at a game and say like, uh, these calls right here that were either not made or were made. And they were very clearly not like, Oh, the speed of the game is so, is so high that like you, you make that call and you just got to live with it. They were just mit- like blatantly obvious missed calls. And some that, that were like, eh, like the Mike Hilton, uh, PI that they called, like, they come on, like when Gene Steratore is calling it out on air live as it's happening, like yeah, that's yeah. not good. Um, it, it's not good, uh, but I don't think it was a it just conspiracy sucks. of like. You know. It just sucks that two seasons in a row now you've had where it, it's come to same, calls same that, that calls that probably crew. shouldn't been made by the same officiating crew. Logan Wilson in something that uh, uh, Tony Dungy said should never have been called. And then he got eviscerated on Twitter for saying that. 
And now you have pretty much anyone who covers football saying that this game was called terribly. I mean, Twitter. like, and, and I'm not, I'm not even going like the Joseph Asai penalty was a penalty. Yeah, it should Agreed. have been offset. It should have been Dumbass. offset. It should have been a holding, right? It should have been offset, but it, it was a penalty. Like you can't, and, and and like Jermaine Pratt, like I know he's getting a lot of. Mahomes sold of, it, but yeah, oh, absolutely, he sold it. And I know Jermaine Pratt's getting like getting some flack for what he said going back in the locker room. That's a video that probably shouldn't be. Yeah, hey, Jermaine Pratt, don't let put. don't let Pacheco truck you. Yeah, that's for it. an extra fourteen yards. Oh, that was a like. And that's the other thing. You've got a, a Bengals defense who is one of the better tackling defenses statistically in the league. He lost leverage. He he, and, he was on his back. He was on his heels, and yep. Pacheco just pushed him. Big boyed him. Hey, Jerome Pratt, shut the fuck up. So and, and like and, Jermaine and, Pratt, shut the fuck up. And and he, you know, that was a critical play in the game. I mean, they ended up getting. I think they ended up getting the ball back right after that, though. Like, but it changed field position. But yeah, it did absolutely because it, it. That's meant, another fifteen it, yards. Well, it meant that it meant Burrow had to go ninety-five yards instead of right. maybe you know eighty, sixty. Well, 70, not, not even because you're just trying to get the field goal range, and I know right, that's and, what I'm and the direction they were headed was not the windy direction; it was the wind helping direction. Right. I realized the ball was cold and whatever, like not flying. Nobody as had far. problems oh. making kicks, Jeff. But like it that, sounded like a rock every time someone was. Yeah, I mean, like it when the game, even the game-winning field goal. Like if you watch, like when they they show the like the side angle of Butker kicking it, like he put everything he had into kicking the ball yards. forty-five yards, <laughs> yeah. and it it's. I mean, without the penalty on the sideline over there, I don't know. There's that no he way makes he makes 60, it from sixty. He, uh, he's not making a sixty-yard kick. Um, mm. So. And it should have been like you know it it should have been offsetting, but it was a penalty over there. Like you can't do that. You can't contact somebody now. Should like you said there was the mixing one. He didn't get called. Burrow didn't get any like late hit penalties for for that kind of stuff. Like some things, some things look shady. Be consistent. Yes, if you're going to be consistent, be consistently bad. Don't be inconsistently bad. If you're going to set the tone for how you call the game, call the game. The same way, way, both ways. Like I have no Aaron and I have talked about this on UC basketball games where yeah. like what was it the temple game, Aaron, that I complained that like the officials were not calling the the, the officials were allowing things to be very physical and UC yeah. did not adjust. Right. And and that's on you if this yeah. is how the game's being called. But if you're calling it one way and then you switch team, it up. And then oh. you switch it up the other and way. No, that was your even. That was your argument we all had last year when Logan Wilson gets that holding call. Though, yeah. is you all of a sudden decide, oh, we're going to call defensive holding on a hand. They hadn't called shit all game. No, and That's, you make that, that call in the, at the end of the game. Get out of here. I, I've I've said that before too. Is like if you're going to especially like I, if you're going to call the game two different ways, like. You know, you're going to be extra whatever on this team, but maybe let some stuff go on this team, whatever. Like, you're going to do that? Okay, as as this team, you can understand that. But if if you call the game one way for both teams throughout the entirety of the game, and then you get to a certain checkpoint in your head where you decide, I'm flagging everything I see. Right. You Like, that's not the way to handle it. 
You can, because then, what what do you have then? As an official, then they can you can still you can fall back on the well. It's the rule. That's the rule. But you well, yeah, but you didn't enforce you didn't the rule it earlier for, for forty seven minutes, right? Fifty two minutes, whatever. It yeah, it just, only sucks. On it just one, a, one team possessing the ball. <laughs> it just it just leaves a sour taste, and I, I like people can say like, "Oh, you're you're sore losers." We're, like they got beat. I'm not saying so, they didn't like, I, and I don't care. And like then people want to talk about like you know, what yeah, the Chiefs said, the what the Chiefs said afterwards in all their press conferences and stuff. No they earned they earned the they right talk to that shit. talk your shit. And I I'm okay with it. If yeah. Bengals, like if you want to run your mouth all week, yeah, and I didn't even think the Bengals really we, ran their mouth that much. Like no, they, the they, mayor did. He took the, care of all the, of it. The, the, the mayor said some whatever. Like who cares? Like he's Burrowhead, Jeff. Come on. Burrowhead. The Burrowhead comment, but it was it it was Mike Hilton saying Burrowhead in the heat of the like, and he's owned it. Like, but everybody ran with it. Everybody ran with it. I didn't think they there was there wasn't much that no, they, but that when the you Bengals put that said. into the into the ether, I get it. And and the and the chief listen. The here's the said, thing. The I will said Burrowhead. I, I will equate that to the same thing as when people were like, oh, uh. Was that y'all ran your mouth? Your mouths off. Stop the, the, have at it. That's like, what we're saying. Th- yeah. If you if you're gonna run your mouth, run your mouth. Be prepared if you lose. But you're gonna get punched gonna back in the face. Yeah. But my my thing is, I I didn't think the burrow had really like I didn't think that really. I disagree. Was like my look. He Here, here's it. my point, he Jeff. Here's my point, Jeff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, let, me, wait. Let, me, let me say this. Okay. Let me say this. Okay. If Good. the mayor didn't do what the mayor did, the Burrowhead thing would have been all everybody was talking about. This is true. So, but, but so, I didn't think so. Like, you I, did it. You said it. Mike Hilton put it out into the world. Yeah, the did. Burrowhead thing was, was like there were T-shirts. They're like it, it was. It was a thing. Yeah. It was a real thing. The mayor actually covered Mike Hilton's ass. Because then everybody started talking about the well, mayor saying his dumb that, shit. He he said some silly stuff, so like whatever. But the other thing is like, I've had it, say it, use it. But I think I think that the the Chiefs used you know they used the Burrowhead thing still the same way that the Bengals have been able to use little slights here and there all season, right? Don't give it like, to them. Like the the. They go into the Bills game. Everybody's like, "Oh, everybody's been selling," and I was saying it too. Everybody's been selling AFC Championship tickets. They do that ahead of schedule for a reason. Everybody, All the times. Yeah. right? But so the Bengals were able to take that and bottle that up and kind of use it as like their own internal fuel. And like you had Bills, Bills media people that were like, "Oh, that's stupid. You can't have any." So I don't care what you use as self motivation. If you're gonna, if you want to call it. If it is if it is bulletin board material, if your team deems something silly said as bulletin board material, and that's what is fueling you, I'm all about it. Use whatever edge you need to use to gain that little bit extra, so that your team wins by three points and is going to the Super Bowl, and we're sitting at home on the couch with everybody else. So, Jeff, I think there's an important thing that this team continues to learn. Last year, after the AFC Championship game, they talked their shit because they weren't supposed to beat Kansas City in Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This year, everybody picked the Buffalo Bills 
to win the Super Bowl. And they beat Buffalo in Buffalo and had all of these other things convincingly and had all of these other things and they talked their shit. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Hippie? They lost to Kansas City. You know what Tom Brady never did? You know what the New England Patriots never did? The they didn't talk their shit. Until they until they had their... Until they did this, right? Yeah. They didn't talk their shit until they did this. That's that's the important lesson for me going forward. But I, that's I... the important lesson. Joe Shut didn't your fucking mouth. I didn't say it. Joe doesn't matter, Aaron. I'm just saying, I I wanted to point that out. I think it's worth pointing out that your leader, Joe Burrow, did not, he wasn't out here running his mouth. Okay, then it's on him to tell everybody else, shut the fuck up until we're doing this with the Lombardi. Yep. With the Lombardi. Yep. And and I'm, hey. The mayor. If you're you're going to run your mouth about it. Send send the mayor a letter. If you want to be excited, you know, like. Here's the thing, they they still had the, the we we said it razor thin margin. You gave them a little extra, yeah. There's some calls, whatever. Like I I'm not in the business of blaming refs. I always say that I I think it was a little bit, eh, but you had your chance. You had opportunities throughout the game. You spent an entire quarter with zero yards, none. And you had you had the ball with two minutes left. To go get a field goal to win the game. And you didn't do it. And you gave Patrick Mahomes mm. the ball back yeah. with a minute. Don't ever give and him guess what? And, and then you and then now you can make whatever arguments you will about that punt and the three block in the back penalties that should have been called. Well, I mean, I, I look, I if you're gonna if you're gonna if you hit line drive punts, you cannot hit it. Down the middle of the field. No, I agree completely. That's Chrisman. Go get a new punter. Absolutely. He's not the answer. He's no. not the answer. It's not the answer. If there's one thing Huber could do, even if it was only 25 yards, the ball was going to be in the air for about <laughs> 75 seconds. Well, there's a formula in the NFL. We talked about this with Jimmy Smith. Like we we talked like we talked to professional kickers. The hang time and the distance is supposed to be like like static, right? It's this many minutes in the air and this many yards down the field, and your gunners will be there to make the play. Drew Christman is terrible at that. Terrible. But what he is terrible. good at is typically he puts it on the sideline and he just didn't. He did. And I don't well, yeah, but I mean so he's so only it, got one thing, Jeff. He's only got I, one thing that he does well. You had one job. His job. job. You got to get it to the sideline, and he didn't. I mean, like it wasn't even close. It didn't no. even. I mean, that's like you. Know, when you, you have to get a new punter. You, you've got to. You have to. I'm gonna go down there and 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 I'm gonna drive Jimmy down there. But I'm also not like hanging the, the <laughs> loss. I'm also not hanging the loss on on a uh, on the punter. Like no, no, no. I'm not hanging the loss I on know. him. But it's like one of it's in another. That moment, there was there was literally like so this is why at the beginning of tonight I said the Bearcats basketball game was kind of in like an equal kind of the same kind of thing as the Bengals game like the Bengals had their chance and they just couldn't the better get enough done and and they got beat the better team on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium 
was the Chiefs. They had, they did enough. They were prepared enough. You know, they. Look, kudos man, to him. Kudos to him. But I like on a bad ankle. But I like. I like what he did. Yeah. Holy no. Shit. Look, Holy shit! Like, you've got a guy that is that out there. A, oh. I mean, I I don't know how much they doped him up. He cl- they claimed that he said he didn't get a shot before the game. I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, yeah. Like, sorry. Like, you're not. A superhero you did some that, crazy things no, and the other, but here's the other Jeff? thing here's, Jeff, the, other here's, the, here's the best part you know what they said what he didn't get a shot because he got two. yeah he, got, he, <laughs> probably, he, he had 55 we but did not is, give like, him one shot he is not he we is not a three. like to his credit he's not a one-dimensional quarterback right like no. he doesn't have to like roll out to the side or make these crazy sidearm underhand like it, it, he doesn't have to do those things to be a really good quarterback, to be one of the best quarterbacks in he the league. He can stand in the pocket and make an absolute fucking dime to the and, end zone down the middle And even if he can't push off that back foot, he can still throw a missile. And, and he's gonna. He's, that's because he can throw it 55 yards on a dime on his front foot. Yeah. And nobody yeah. else can do that. I mean... You, you bring up the injury, though. Travis Kelsey was diagnosed with back spasms after the last practice. I'm going to guess largely in part from carrying Patrick Mahomes all season because that <laughs> wide receiver core was not good, largely. Uh, and they, well, they... You, you can't say that when Marquez Valdez-Scanling lit the Bengals the fuck up look, when the game went out. I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying statistic, look, Aaron, statistic, look, statistic, yeah, statistically. Statistically. Valdez-Scanling. Jesus in, Christ. In, in, in Can game. I talk? No. Statistically, over the course of the season, <laughs> that wide receiver core was not good. Huh? They really missed Tyreek Hill. They but they, I mean, they were able to put, they were able to do what they needed to do to win the game. The Bengals so, weren't. It sucks. So Travis Kelsey, though, will be matched up in the Super Bowl. And I hope against, Jason wins. Against Jason Kelsey. <laughs> and that, um, That's only because I, I, I like him. I think I want to see what his outfit would be. I think I would rather, I don't know. I think I would rather drink beer with Jason Kelsey than Travis. So agreed. Agreed. Um, But you will, for the first time ever have brothers facing off against one another while wearing the uniforms on the field, uh, as opposed to just two coaches coaching against one another that are brothers. Um, One wearing Walmart khakis. Um. Are you excited though that Cincinnati will be represented with not one, not two, but three players in this? Yeah, I mean, I thought I Super thought Bowl. Looked, I thought Cook. I mean, obviously he's he's played well. Coming years, on, so, man. He's coming but, on. But like he had he, he had he a had, bad play, and he he certainly he made also up had for maybe it. the play of the game. Yeah, maybe the play of the game. If he doesn't get his hand up and T Higgins takes that ball to to, to promised yeah. land, it's a wrap. But you, you will have uh, the Bearcat Bowl, as as Chad is is not going to be referring to it as a Super Bowl. He, he did dub it this, um, but I'm I don't know. I, I'm excited. We had obviously Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and Sauce as three uh, All Pro members, and now here you have three more Bearcats, including those two aforementioned Kelsey brothers. And also Brian Cook, uh, that are going to be representing the CPAW in the Super Bowl. 
pretty exciting stuff. That's my guy. Hey. I love me some B Cook. I love Look. me some B Cook. That kid is about the right things. There has been there has been a lot of good things for the University of Cincinnati <laughs> in the NFL. I mean, none if of you're, them as good as this. You're you're talking about you're talking about three guys. One one who just one one who's a, a recent guy in Brian Cook. You got mm-hmm. Kelsey, uh, the Kelsey brothers. Travis, who's probably what a, a top three tight end of all time. Jeff, if, if he he's, gonna, he's gonna end up not in the not second or third. Right. Between the, be between, the best tight end in history. I'm just saying when you when you look at it, right, like right now, like, right now. Yeah, right now. And the, cra- have, the craziest part about all three of these guys is I think collectively between the three of them, you have two stars. Well, two of them yeah, B. Cook was a no two, star. Then you have two of them that came into college uh, not in the positions that they are in now, and you got—I mean, Jason. What Jason was? What a linebacker when he came? No, three of them. Three of them, Jeff. Three. Okay, well, we'll start with Jason. He was—he was what a linebacker when he came to he UC. Was a linebacker. He was a walk-on and, linebacker. And now, and now he's a walk-on linebacker at at then not a a high. I mean. Whatever, yeah, and he had no no stars, probably no high. No, like no one star. walk on. Zero it was a walk on. No yeah, stars. So no stars. So you got him. He walks on as a linebacker at UC of all places, and now is probably one of the best centers to ever do it. Um, top five center in NFL history. Yeah, and he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. And, yes. First power. And then you've got Travis Kelsey, who's a, a what an option a quarterback, star, a quarterback. two star quarterback. Two-star option quarterback, a basketball player, actually a basketball player. He was better thought of as a basketball prospect than a football prospect. So he comes. He comes to UC, um, has little troubles here, there, whatever, but like gets it all together and is now, you know, when it's all said and done, going to be the best tight end to ever play in the National Football League. Stop yes. smoking the weed. <laughs> and then, and then smoking you got the Brian Cook. What, what what did Brian Cook show up as? He was a cornerback at Howard. Okay, so a zero-star cornerback at Howard. At least, at least he's like still in like a defensive back, like <laughs> kind of yeah. th- like yeah. you're not having like a, a total change of where you're at. But he um, was a corner, not a safety. Right, and, and so you've got these three guys. Then you've got you got Sauce Gardner, who is collecting every award that is available to him to collect, uh, yeah. and doing all the crazy things. Kobe Bryant. Uh, four forced fumbles this year, the most Best of, amongst all NFL all rookies. rookies. Uh, just Desmond Ritter Derek takes Forrest. over. Desmond Ritter takes over as as the the starter down in Atlanta. I would assume he'll probably have the inside track, depending on how their draft goes or whatever they look at right. as far as bringing people in. But I think um, the feelings down there are that you know he's going to at least get his shot. Um, to continue building on what he was able to put together at the end of the season, which didn't blow anybody's doors off, but it was, you know, still pretty solid and better than what they were getting. He got better uh, every week. Say what Derek you will, Forrest, but he got better every week. We, we would be remiss if we did not mention Derek Forrest, who uh, came on on the uh, the network uh, oh, a couple months ago. I um, love I love and, and he's he's started to, like, these things. Now, Derek Forrest is already one of the top safeties in the NFL per PFF. Yeah. In his first year, like, and they had no intention of Derek Forrest starting yeah. at safety, getting his this his year for chance. the Washington Commanders. 
But he did the same thing he did at Cincinnati. They put him on the field, and he said, I'm not leaving. Yeah, no, I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's one of those things. Alec Pierce. Let's not forget Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce. You know, unfortunately, he was on a team that wasn't the 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 greatest, but like he, he had flashes of what we know he can do, and uh, I think he's going to obviously probably take off. My Jay. At some point. My Jay. Like, there are. Came like, on at the end of the year. Darian Beavers was supposed to start for the playoff Giants and got hurt yeah. in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look, but who ended up starting in his place? Indiana's quarter, or Indiana's linebacker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you also had Jerome early in first half of the season. Jerome Ford was being mentioned as a Pro Bowl returner. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's so they they like you look at and he will always he's obviously. A, a I'd be Cincinnati surprised guy. if Hudson's like, not a starter at tackle for Cleveland next year. Yeah, I mean there there are lots of good and I we've pivoted back to UC because that's just kind of how we do things. But um, it the the ability for a brand new coach at the University of Cincinnati to go into a a, a recruits living room and say, and I know he's kind of mentioned things about this, but like if you want all of the money right now in an NIL deal, it's, this is not like, we're not going to be able to get you. It's just not going to happen. If you want all of the money down the road, the ability to develop yourself and become somebody down the road, let me point you in the direction of, you know, negative stars, stars. Kelsey, negative stars, <laughs> Kelsey brothers, and, you know, and, and Brian Cook, who are in the Super Bowl this year playing against each other in and have meaningful roles on the teams they're on. And then let me just start down this list of other kids I can name that. So if you want that, if you want your name up in lights in the NFL, we can help you get there. If you want all the money in your back pocket right now and maybe, you know, transfer five times in the next four years, this is probably not where you need to come. So it's it, it the, the things that are happening here are fantastic. Jeff, we're going to get we're we're on the on the and it's already happened. It's already starting to happen and it will continue to happen all the way through the Super Bowl. This is a 2-week commercial for the University of Cincinnati. This has because been a 19-week commercial for the University of Cincinnati depending on where you're at. I know. But now it's not focused, it's not spread out. It is the two star like okay there's four stars of this Super Bowl. Mahomes, Hertz, Kelsey, Kelsey. Those are the stars of this Super Bowl for the entirety of the next two weeks. Yeah. And and what's funny is the the just by by virtue of it being the first time brothers have played against each other, the, the all the promos are going to be Kelsey and Kelsey, Kelsey and Kelsey, Kelsey. In when, Cincinnati uniforms. We've already yeah, seen it. We, everywhere. It's been the main picture that's floating around since the end of the games on Sunday. Travis mm-hmm. and Kate, Jason Kelsey in Cincinnati uniforms at Camp Higher Ground. I love that it was at Camp Higher Ground, too. Like, I recognize that that building in the background yeah. immediately. It, it's, it's, it's the Kelsey brothers at Camp Higher Ground, and every picture – from here to the Super Bowl is derivative of the two of them standing there together at Camp Higher Ground. 
it is a it is a 14 day commercial for what can happen if you play football at the University of Cincinnati and there's nothing like that that's ever happened anywhere ever ever because even if you talk Peyton and Eli they didn't play at the same school they didn't both go to Tennessee they didn't both go to Ole Miss they also didn't play each other in the Super Bowl I know but I'm saying like this no nobody has ever no brothers have ever played each other in the Super Bowl I'm talking about the brother comparison like when you're talking about the great brothers in the history of the NFL, none of them had the path that Jason and Travis had where they followed the same, the same line and they both went to the same college and they like, they both rep Cincinnati as hard as anybody's ever rep Cincinnati before. And look, if you're a Bengals fan and a Bearcats fan and you're mad at Travis Kelsey, piss off, (laughs) piss off. I, I, I'm just like that's the re- like. Of course, Travis talks shit. Are you not familiar with Travis Kelsey? Like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you so you gave him the gun. Yeah. If are you telling well, me right now? The mayor did, but are you telling me right now? The mayor of the city gave him the if, gun, Aaron. Yeah, we I'm gave saying, him the gun. I'm saying if the, the mayor Bengals, did. If the Bengals don't, if the Bengals are able to pull that off. Go down, kick a field goal, whatever. Go down, score a touchdown, win the game. Yeah. Whatever. You don't think that they're walking around like Burrowhead, baby. Whatever. Like running their mouths. Like all that stuff. So guess what? It when when it comes down to it, I know we've we've said it a million times, and we can say it one more, and then Aaron can get us out of here. But like, if you're gonna run your mouth, if you're like, if you're gonna be a part of this like upper end, the upper echelon, the things. All the things that we want, because when it comes down to it, I would rather be in the AFC Championship game and lose by three than not have a chance to play at all for fifty years. So it was was still a successful season. Let me make one other point, Jeff. Where are Jason and Travis Kelsey from? Cleveland. Who did they grow up rooting for? The Browns. They don't give a fuck about About the Bengals. They have hated the Bengals their entire life. They don't care about the Bengals. They care deeply about about the University of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Deeply about the University of Cincinnati and what the University of Cincinnati has done for them. They don't give two shits about the Bengals. They don't, they just don't like that. That's like, it is what it is. And, yeah. and, and if you can't come to grips with that, have, they don't, have, they don't to. have to, they don't have to just because they went to UC doesn't mean they have to be Bengals fans. You know what the Bengals also did Jeff passed up. They passed huh? three, four, five, six times on taking either of the Kelsey brothers. Yep. Why would they care about the Bengals? Uh, They never have, and they never will. And every year they get a chance to shove that shit back in the Bengals' face, they absolutely will. And if you're a Bengals fan, I get that you're mad about it. But, I mean, come on. It's pro sports. It's pro sports. 
as we said every year throughout the 90s, there's always next year. <laughs> the difference um, now, Aaron, is that next year we still expect the Bengals to be in the AFC Championship game, and we'll see I, what happens I, from there. I would agree. I think I think that the stakes have been raised now that you've made the championship. Ed, Ed talked last week is the season of success if you don't win the AFC Championship. Sure. I think this year it was. Now, next year, if we don't make the AFC Championship game, I think it will be – even if you make it to the wild card I, I, game, I, I, I still think I still really think interesting that's, off season. Really interesting I, I, off season. I, I still think it. Yeah, I mean, let, let's see what what they're able to put together. Obviously, there's a lot of like there there's some extensions and things that are that are coming due. Um, yeah. But they also and, expanded the salary cap, so we'll see. There's a lot of money to play with for the Bengals. And Joe Burrow's going to get a half a billion dollars in this off season. He's going to set the uh, set the tone. He's going to be the highest paid player in NFL history. I saw somebody say, I saw somebody on Twitter say, I can't remember who it was, but they said, uh, wouldn't it be the most Joe Burrow thing ever if he was just kind of like, I'll take 20 million. Let's, let's make sure that we just build a, a dynasty. It's not going to happen, but it'd be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, if it's, it's anything under 300 million guaranteed, I'd be shocked. I'd say 350. Eight years. If it's anything under three hundred million guaranteed, I would be shocked. Which means three hundred is like three hundred where they start the limbo bar, right? Remember where the limbo bar used to start, and you can just like kind of do one of these. <laughs> three fifty, four hundred. I'm 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 guessing five hundred million dollar contract, three three fifty guaranteed. All right, uh, Tulsa and UCF are coming up uh, for the Bearcats basketball team here in the next week before our next show. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, as far as any news coming out from Senior Bowl. Um, as you have Ivan Pace, you have uh, Josh Wiley, you have Trey Tucker there. Yep. You also have Lenny T and Arquan Bush at the Shrine Bowl. Um, so there should be some updates there next week. But uh, no more Bengals. Uh, pitchers and catchers will be reporting for the Reds here in not too far. you got less than 60 days left uh, <laughs> before the baseball season starts. But that was another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Uh, Jeff will not be here. We, I think we got Reg and Yoakum filling in for us next week. Yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll figure out what's gonna happen. I will still obviously be on on Twitter, like I said, and I'll be making some comments and maybe. Uh, Maybe Chad will let me slide in on some of the other uh, podcasts here and there. Um, Do you think you can go live from like your phone, like from your car while on duty for just like? <laughs> no, probably no. Negative. Negative. That like like Luke and like Luke, remember when Luke and Brady popped in from like the draft where they just <laughs> yeah, popped a, in for like ninety seconds. Different. That was that's very different. <laughs> very different. Uh, We'll work something out. We'll get something going that like. Hey guys, will, just uh, just left a murder scene. Just yeah. want to pop in and say hello. <laughs> like, uh, I think the refs screwed the Bengals. <laughs> but uh, I I won't go. I won't go. Uh, you know, radio silent. So. And uh, You're always and welcome so whenever, Jeff. You can pop in on anything you'd like. Appreciate that. Ed should be back next week as well. But for Jeff, for Chad, I'm Aaron Smith. This was a, another episode of Pardon Punctuation. 
We'll see you at 9.15 next Tuesday. Bye. See ya.